1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life will be changed for the better. And I will never, 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 never. Let me see you shake those Bibles. Well, never, never, never be the same again. Now give two people a high five before you are seated this morning. We want to remind you that Faith Christian Center is a blessed congregation. Amen. Amen. And that is, this is our declaration over you that the devourer is rebuked. The windows of heaven have opened and the Lord our God is pouring out more upon you than you are even able to contain. Wow, thank you for your enthusiasm on that. Yeah, whatever. Well, grab a hold of it. Amen. And we're in the middle of a series called Taking Action for a Better Tomorrow. And we've been saying that you can take charge of your life and you can change your life by taking action for a better tomorrow. C.S. Lewis has a quote that says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And faith is vital. Faith is a foundation of our lives. Faith is essential. But faith is not all there is to building a successful life. Action is required. Tell your neighbor, say, action is required. required. We got a message in this morning called The New Commandment, entitled The New Commandment. And last Sunday in Pastor's Message, the covenant man is not a cheater. Point number three was walking in love. So let's take today and flesh out what the New Testament has to say about walking in love. So let's start back again in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, if you have your Bible. And really this morning, I'm going to be rolling through some scriptures. So if you want to follow along, that's fantastic. If you want to take just references, that's fine. If you want to flip through with me, God bless you. Number one, you can't swindle your brothers while walking in love. You can't swindle your brothers while walking in love. Since we know these are the last days, maybe it might be a good idea that we concentrate on walking in love. Maybe we'd better concentrate on walking in love toward our brothers and sisters in the Lord and not using them. 
We see this in 1 Corinthians 5, and we see this in 1 Corinthians 6. In 1 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 9, it says, I have written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I mean, we could stop there and we could have six weeks on that. And you know what's funny is teenagers get a bad rap because I'm constantly, constantly, constantly telling teenagers, you know, the number one, the biggest decision a teenager is going to make outside of making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life is who are their friends. The number one decision an adult makes outside of making Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior is who are they going to marry. But then a close thing right after that is who do they associate with? And teenagers get a bad rap because, you know, parents are always harping on teenagers on having the right friends when they go to work and have the wrong friends. Do not even associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave this world. But now I am writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slander, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. That's word. Tell your neighbor, say, that's word. With such a man, do not even what? Eat. And see, what he's saying here is, look, the world is the world. Wicked is wicked. Sinners are sinners. But we in the body of Christ ought not like, act like the world. And especially, especially, we don't have time for those who call themselves a Christian, but who are acting just like the world. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, the next chapter over, do you not know the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers. That's right in there. Will inherit the kingdom of God. I love verse 11. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So you're in a room full of people that maybe that was who they were, but we are not that anymore. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I've been sanctified. I've been sanctified. Tell your neighbor, say, I've been justified. I've been justified. Amen. Amen. So that's the point, right? When you become a Christian, there ought to be a change. And that is not just in the fact of you going to church, but it's in your business dealings. It's how you treat people. It's how you talk to people. It's how you talk at people. Right? Number two. Walking in love is the commandment of the New Testament. It is the commandment of the New Testament. Walking in love is the commandment of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Look at that. All the law and the prophets hang on what two commandments? Loving God and loving others. Everything, everything, everything hangs on those two commandments. Loving God and loving others. You see, all God really wanted from man was for man to love him, to love God, 
and to love his neighbor and to walk in love toward his fellow man. That's it. That's it. If, I'm lo- if I love God, if I'm serving God, and if I love my neighbor, everything else takes care of itself, doesn't it? Right? Everything else takes care of itself. Now look what he says in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Look what he says. Jesus says, John 13, 34, 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And this is where sometimes people miss it. And this is where, really, in the modern American church, they miss it. Because they want God to do things for them, but they don't want to do anything for the Lord. Love others as I have what? Loved you. How many are thankful for the love of God? Amen. Amen. How many of y'all need the love of God? Amen. Amen. How many of y'all need the love of God every single day? Amen. Amen. Well, we love others as he has loved us. We see this. This is a, this is a principle of God. If you don't forgive others, I'm not going to forgive you. What God does for us, he expects to do for other people. Amen. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So now notice, this isn't the New Testament suggestion. This isn't a New Testament if you get around to it. This is the commandment of the New Testament. The law of love is the commandment of the New Testament. Tell your neighbor. Say, the law of love love is the commandment of the New Testament. Now, you might be here and say, well, why is it telling me to talk to my neighbor so much? Well, I'm trying to get you to take action and love your neighbor, amen? <laughs> you can't ignore your neighbor and love your neighbor, right? Jesus said it this way, Luke 6, 31. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How many of y'all have heard that before? That's half of y'all. Well, I'm glad I'm saying it today. <laughs> do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But listen. Walking in love is a decision. Walking in love takes effort. It takes daily spiritual work to walk in love. It takes daily spiritual work. I know some people are opposed to work, but it takes spiritual work to walk in love. How many of y'all can testify to this? Just when you think you've got it all handled, something else comes along and throws you off your kilter. Just when you think you've got it managed, all of a sudden you come along, and if you let loose a little bit on these things, something will come right in and just steal, or, or you know, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, will try to come in and steal something. Because if you're not walking in love, you're not going to be receiving from the Lord. You're not going to be receiving from the Lord. It doesn't work that way. As a matter of fact, if you study Mark 11, James 3, James 5, and other passages, you will find out that faith simply will not work. It will not work. It will not work where there is unforgiveness, grudge-bearing, keeping records of wrongs, or tearing down your neighbor to pieces with your tongue. It will not work. It will not work. Yeah, but Aaron, I confess my scriptures. It won't work. It will not work. There's no way around it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as 
yourself. Do we see a theme here in the New Testament? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the law of love is the commandment of the New Testament. How about this? In Romans chapter 13, we see it again. Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. This is why you hear us say, you know, praise God, you're sitting in a debt-free building. You're sitting, we have debt-free everything. Everything is paid for. Everything is paid for. Turn your neighbor and say, everything is paid for. And that's why you'll hear us say, we owe no man anything except the debt of love. Except the debt of love. That we do owe, right? Verse 9, the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet or whatever, whatever other commandments there may be, are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And there it is. Love is the fulfillment of the law. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to do something inappropriate with his wife. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal from them. If you love your neighbor, you're going to give them what is owe them. If you love your neighbor, and how about this? If you love your neighbor, you're not just going to do what's fair. You're going to, you are going to do what's best for that other person because you love your neighbor. So see, those two commandments, loving the Lord and loving your neighbor, that's why everything, everything hinges on those two commandments. Say this out loud. Say love, love. walking in love. Is the fulfillment of the law. Say it again. Say, love, walking in love, is the fulfillment of the law. Uh, excuse me. Thank you. See, you guys love me, so y'all just overlook that, right? Now, of course, of course, of course, there are people that abuse this. Of course. And there are people that will whip you with this. Of course. There are people that will come along and try to throw this in your face. They will lie to you. They will cheat you. They will steal from you. And then they demand that you walk in love. (laughs) Anybody ever had that happen? I mean, they'll do all kinds of things to you. And then they'll turn around and say, oh, you call yourself a Christian, right? So what do you do? How do you handle this? How do you walk in love? Because we want to receive answers to our prayers. We want to see God move. We want to be an example to the world. So how, Aaron, do I walk in love and handle someone like that? Here's what you do. You avoid them. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, say, you just avoid them. You know, we don't sign up for abuse. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you have to sign up for abuse. We don't have to sign up for any of this stuff. You know, we see... There in Romans 13, 10, love does no harm to its neighbor. Does what? No harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So I think that we would all do well to commit ourselves to walking in greater kindness in 2022. I think we would all do well in greater, I think we'd all do well to walk in greater graciousness in 2022, for to do so would be to imitate our Father God. Romans 13, 10. Love does no harm to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. It's the fulfillment of the law. 
So I've learned this lesson from Pastor Lingerfeld. Look, I think he mentioned this a few weeks ago. Look, I've been around him for a few decades now. I know I don't look that old, but I have been around him for a few decades now. And, and, I, and one thing I've learned, one thing I've learned from Pastor Lingerfeld is that you limit your exposure to toxic people. You limit your exposure to toxic people. We say, well, yeah, well, what about, you know, toxic people, they need the Lord too. Yes, they do. And they know where I am, and they know what I stand for, and my door is always open. But what I will not do, what I will not do, is I will not sit there and spend time with somebody that doesn't really want to know the answer. You ever talk to somebody and, you, and it dawns on you that they have no intention of being persuaded whatsoever? They just want to argue, right? I don't have time for that because there are too many people out there that are looking for the answer. So we limit ourselves from toxic people. We don't, look, if, if, if what's the saying? Uh, see, I, I knew I shouldn't have said that. What's the saying? Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Right? In other words, you know, look, you get me once, okay, God bless you. 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 But I'm not going to go sign up for that again. If I can avoid it, I'm going to avoid it. Tell your neighbor, say, it's okay to avoid toxic people. Yeah, but they're family. I didn't choose them, right? I didn't choose them. They don't, I mean, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let someone come in and abuse me. We don't, we don't let people come in and abuse us. So I limit, if I limit my exposure to toxic people and only fellowship with non-abusive people, then I don't have, find I have much trouble walking in love. It's a lot easier. Tell your neighbor, say, it's a lot easier. easier. Now, the other thing you need to know and understand is the world does not define what love is. The world does not define what love is. As a matter of fact, what they define of love is not really love. People who have never read the Bible are always trying to define what the Bible says. You ever had that happen? Someone who's never read the Bible is trying to tell you what Jesus said. Where is that at? Oh, I heard someone say it. No, you show me. Where is it at? Scripture. You show me where it's at. You show me where it's at. Speaking of C.S. Lewis, we get a quote at the beginning of the message from him. And C.S. Lewis talks about in his book, Mere Christianity. It was actually a a radio series that he did on BBC. But in that, they, they took his radio addresses and made it into a book. But Mere Christianity, he talks about, when he's talking about Christian marriage, he talks about how the world doesn't really know what love is. They're in, they're in love with the idea of love. In other words, they're in love with this romantic idea of love. How many of y'all know sometimes in love it's not romantic? It's okay. No, every day I see my wife, I just smile. Yeah, sometimes you smile with a sarcastic smile, don't you, right? Every, no, Aaron, every day, every moment's beautiful with you. Yeah, that's a decision you make. That's not a feeling you have. 
can I get a, never mind, we won't do that to you. <laughs> but I mean, even the greatest person, you get tired of them every once in a while. They, they bother you every once in a while. I mean, I love my kids, but there's certain things they do that get on my nerves. But I love them. I love them. So I stick with them. They love me, so they what? They stick with me. Amen? Love is a decision. Love is a decision. Tell your neighbor, say, love is a decision. decision. Not only that, I like what Dobson says, James Dobson says about the world and love. They have this concept of falling in love. But the problem is when you fall in love, you can fall out of love. And that's what the world does. They fall in love. They fall out of love. They fall in love. They fall out of love. I mean, they found the perfect person five times. But that's what the world does. Everybody say, that's what the world does. But that's not God's definition of love. As a matter of fact, when I was a young man in high school at this church, and I found out they had 5 a.m. prayer. We used to have 5 a.m. prayer daily. And I would come up every so often, and I would, I would come up and pray at the church. And we used to have these things that some of y'all won't understand what I'm talking about, but we used to have these things called church bulletins. And there were these pieces of paper that they would fold together, and it would have information about what's going on in the church. I know. When we, when we stopped doing church bulletins here several years ago, some people were really upset, but it's okay. You're still okay, right? But anyways, within, they would do inserts in the church bulletin, and one of the things that Pastor did that has really impacted my life is he would take certain scriptures and he would personalize them. And one of the things that was in those inserts was the personalization of the definition of love for you to confess over your life from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now it's in that there's a book out there in the cafe called the Book of Prayer, and in that book it's got all kinds of things, but one of the things it has is this 1 Corinthians 13 personalization. So here's what I, when I make my confessions over my life, this is one of the things I do daily. I do this daily, because I don't know about you, but I've got to remind myself daily who I am. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, and this is from the Amplified Version, and it's personalized. The love of God in me endures long and is patient and kind. The love of God in me is never envious and never boils over jealousy. The love of God in me is not boastful or vainglorious. The love of God in me does not display itself haughtily. The love of God in me is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. Because the love of God is in me, I am not rude or unmannerly, and I do not act unbecomingly. God's love in me does not insist on its own rights or its own way. The love of God in me is not self-seeking. Because the love of God is in me, I'm not touchy or fretful or resentful. Because the, I hear a lot of amens going on right now. Because the love of God is in me, I take no account of an evil done to me. I pay... This is why, see, i got to remind myself every day of this. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. The love of God in me does not rejoice in injustice or in righteousness, or, or, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Because the love of God is in me, I bear up under anything and everything that comes. Because the love of God is in me, my hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And I endure everything without weakening. The love of God in me never fails, never fades out, never becomes obsolete, never comes to an end. Because the love of God is in me, I never fail. That's love. Then a few years ago, I, was, I believe I was reading a book by Lester Summerall, and he was talking about another, another chapter that gives a definition of love. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9, and, I, and I, so I've, ever since then, I've started personalizing this in my own life. 
My love is sincere. <laughs> I love that. How many of y'all know the Bible's so real? You can't have fake, you can't, you can't have fake love. It's got to be sincere. It's got to be from your heart. Amen. My love is sincere. I hate what is evil. I cling to what is good. I am devoted to one another in brotherly love. I honor one another above myself. There it is. Honor one another above myself. I'm never lacking in zeal, but I'm keeping my spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I'm joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I share with God's people who are in need. This is in the Bible. I said, this is in the Bible. I share with God's people who are in need. I practice hospitality. I bless those who persecute me. I bless and I do not curse. Everybody say, we are called to be a blessing. And you'll, you'll, and now, when I first started reading, I thought, well, what about people doing me wrong? Well, we'll get to that. I rejoice with those who rejoice. I mourn with those who mourn. I live in harmony with one another. I am not proud, but I'm willing to associate with people of low position. I don't look down on people because of where they are in their walk with God. I am not conceited. I do not repay anyone evil for evil. I am careful to do what's right in the eyes of everybody as much as it depends on me. Look, I can't control other people, but I can do my part. As much as it depends on me, I live at peace with everyone. As far as I know, everyone likes me. I'm at peace with everyone. I'm at peace with everyone. As a matter of fact, it shocks me when I hear that no one, that someone doesn't like me. I'm shocked because I'm at peace with them. God bless them. God bless them. I do not take revenge, but I do leave room for God's wrath because it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And there's a, there it is. I don't need to retaliate because I'm not the judge, but the judge is coming. He's coming. But as far as it depends on me, we're, that, we're, we're cool. As far as it depends on me, we're good. It is mine to avenge. I will repay his Lord on the contrary. If my enemy is hungry, I feed him. If he is thirsty, I give him something to drink. In doing this, I will heap burning coals on his head. I am not overcome by evil, but I overcome evil with good. With good. So I say those on my confessions. I say those on my confessions. And you might say, well, why do you confess that so often? Well, because I need to get it down in my heart so that becomes my reaction instead of my flesh becoming the reaction. I mean, a, a, a little while ago, uh, I had somebody that was texting somebody that I know about me. I mean, we're not talking about hearsay here. We're talking about doing it, you know, talking about me. And I know this person, so I was, I was, I was tempted. I was tempted. I found out, man, I was about to, man, I started, I started typing out my text, man. It was coming. It was coming. Who do you think you are? I appreciate the advice, but no, I don't really appreciate the advice because I don't need your advice. And man, I was, anybody ever done that before? You start typing something out? And as I was typing, I was arrested by the Holy Spirit. And Romans chapter 12 came to my attention because it was down in my heart, and it says, whoa, 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 we bless, we don't curse. So I quickly deleted 
I didn't keep a draft. Because <laughs> you know drafts can be dangerous, right? Because drafts can all of a sudden, oh, did I send that? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Anybody ever sent an email you shouldn't have sent and tried to do a makeup email? It's always more, never mind, don't answer that question, right? But I was arrested. I was arrested by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I had been putting that in my heart on a consistent basis, so my heart had something to pull back out. So he stopped me. He stopped me. He stopped me. So now when I think about that person, God bless them. I pray for them. I pray for them. I pray for them. I pray for them. Why? Because I don't want to see... I don't want to see their life go sideways. I want to see God's best in their life because God has given me his best. Amen? And then over all these years, I've heard Pastor give Charles Finney, who is the leader of the Second Great Awakening, his definition of love. And here's Charles Finney's definition of love. To will and to act according to the highest good of the other person. If you're willing and acting towards the highest good of the other person, there's not going to be any problems. You say, well, yeah, but they don't receive it. Fine, you've done your part. You've done your part. You've done everything that you know to do. And you bless them. You bless them. You bless them. You bless them. So you got to love your neighbor. Tell, tell, tell your neighbor, I got to love you. Tell your other neighbor, even you. <laughs> That's not the way to walk in love, by the way. Love must be sincere. <laughs> All right. But you got to discipline yourself to walk. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. Because you know and I know Satan will line people up to get you off focus if he can. It's a discipline. So you got to walk in love towards your brothers and sisters. If you want more of your prayers answered in 2022, commit now to do a better job of walking in love in 2022. Just make a decision. Make a decision right now. Decide in your heart, I'm going to walk in love. And wherever you and whatever you have to do, maybe you gotta maybe you gotta post you do a post a note in your in your bathroom on your on your mirror so every morning you see I am walking in love. Maybe maybe you've lived an entire life of being angry at people and being mad at people and thinking that you you know you got the wrong end of the stick and all those things. It's gonna take you a little while to undo those things, and you need to remind yourself on a consistent basis. I am walking in love. 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 Well, what, what love are you walking in? I am walking in the love that God has shed abroad in my heart. Not man-made love, but God love. Everybody say God's love. God. Number three, there is a specific New Testament warning about taking advantage of people. There is a specific, a specific New Testament warning about taking advantage of people. James chapter five, starting in verse one. Now listen, you rich people, weep and well because of your misery that's coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and your moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You, are, you have, and here's, here's the deal, you have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. This is Bible. This is Bible. This is a specific example. 
Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. It's just, it is just simply wrong. It is simply wrong to hire people to do this or that and not pay them. Yeah, but I thought I came to church. Well, you came to Faith Christian Center. And we read the Bible. And how do y'all know if the Word of God deals with it, it must mean it's universal to a lot of church, a lot of people dealing with this. So, that's stealing from people. It's wrong. It's wrong. A couple of Sundays, Pastor gave us Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. They what? They will be what? They will be found out. And if you say, well, I've done that, and I, and I need to change that, you need to, listen to last, you need to listen to last week's message. And Zacchaeus, and what Zacchaeus, what the Lord told Zacchaeus to do. The Lord says, go, that's fine. Change now. Go pay him back four times what you owe him. Not one amen. How about that? <laughs> if I said nothing is impossible with God, everybody's like, oh, yeah, amen. I say, Okay. But you gotta take you gotta take action today for a better what? Tomorrow. All right, so you've messed up. Fine. We've all we've all we've all messed up something. You know, we've all we've all been uh, convicted of the Holy Spirit. So what do you do? Change today for a better what? Tomorrow. Everybody say change today, change today. for a better tomorrow. tomorrow. And finally, number four, teachings. Number four, teachings about walking in love are seen all through the New Testament. Teachings about walking in love are seen through all the all throughout the New Testament. Listen to these listen to these references. Listen to these scriptures. First John, excuse me, John thirteen verses thirty four and thirty five. A new command I give you: love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John fifteen twelve through fourteen. My command is this: love each other as I have loved you. You think Jesus is trying to get something across to him? Greater love is no one than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if, 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 everybody say if, if, if you do what I command. John 15, 17, this is my command. This is my what? This is my what? This is my what? Command, love each other. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. This is how. You wondered, how, how can I tell? This is how. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Verse 11 and 12. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Verse 14 and 15. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. In other words, listen, we know that you became a Christian. We know that there's a true change of your heart when you love your brothers. Otherwise, we don't know. It's all talk. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. A what? A what? A what? A murderer. This is the Bible. A murderer. 
and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Verse 21 through 23, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God to receive from him anything that we ask because we obey his command and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. 1 John 4, 7 through 9, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Don't tell me you know God and be turned down your brother or sister in the Lord. You don't know him. You might want to get to know him. 11, verse 11 and 12, dear friends. No, he's still calling friends. Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Verses 19 through 21, we love because he first loved. Do y'all see a common theme here? We love because why? He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So we don't use people and take advantage of people. We don't use people, and we don't take advantage of people. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, at Faith Christian Center, Faith Christian. we don't use people, we don't use people. and we don't, we don't take advantage of people. Amen? Amen. We don't do it. Taking action for a better tomorrow. Well, I'll tell you this. If you want a better tomorrow, then you better walk in love today. Amen. If you want a better tomorrow, you better walk in love today. Everybody say, say I want a better tomorrow. So I make a decision to walk in love today. And one more thing before we conclude, if you want a better tomorrow, you better keep your tongue from evil. Psalm chapter 34, verses 12 and 13. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your, and your lips from speaking lies. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. We ought to be different. I said, we ought to be different. And you know, the world has all kinds of notions about us. There's all kinds of rumors going around. You know, I remember in high school, you know, living for the Lord, when I was 16, when I was a sophomore in high school, I recommitted my life to Christ, and I, I went all out. I went all out. And so a lot of things in my life completely changed, so people who knew me before and knew me after could actually see the change. And I found out my senior year that there was a rumor going around that I was a Jehovah's Witness or I was, <laughs> I was doing this. So, you know, people have all kinds of rumors, all kinds of rumors, all kinds of rumors. You know, a couple years ago, I was, I was walking one of our, uh, our subs, someone that was doing some work on the church. I was taking them to a place to show, uh, to show them where something needed to be fixed. And, you know, when people walk in this building, it just screams excellence of God. And, every, you know, I've never, I've never heard one time someone walk in here and go, man, this place is junk. No, they always walk in here and say, man, this place is nice. So they walk in here and say, man, this place is nice. This is great. Anyway, somehow the conversation, I didn't do this, but somehow the conversation got to Joel Osteen in Lakewood. He said, you, did you know? He said, did you know 
that you have to buy a ticket to go to Lakewood Church? I said, excuse me? He goes, yeah, my friend told me that you have to buy a ticket to go to Lakewood Church. And the tickets cost like $100. I looked at him and said, whoa, 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 whoa. I've been to Lakewood Church. I've been there several times. That is a lie. That's a lie. But people come up. But where do you think that lie came from? That lie probably came from a, a, a kernel of truth. That so, there's probably some church somewhere that's doing crazy things in the name of God or in the name of Christ. We ought not be that way. We ought to stand up and be an example to others of what it means to love one another. Everybody in here may not be your cup of tea. That's fine. There might be people in here that you'd rather not spend a Saturday night with. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But what we don't do is we don't use each other. We don't cheat each other. Amen. As a matter of fact, if anything, you find out there in the Word of God, like several times we read, for brothers and sisters in Christ, we actually go above and beyond. Because you're a part of the family of God. You're a part of the family of God. But now listen, you got to be a part of the family of God. That's why I want everybody to bow your head, close your eyes right where you're at this morning, because you got to be a part of the family of God. You know, being a part of the family of God is not just the fact that you were born human or born American. Or maybe your parents went to church. That's great. But what about you? Maybe your parents, maybe you go, man, I got a praying mom. That's great. But what about you? Because each and every one of us have to make that decision to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus put it this way. He said, you must be born again. He said, the only way, the only way, the only way to get to the Father is through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want to be a part of this awesome kingdom of God, if you want to be a part of this awesome family of God, it doesn't come to you automatically. It's a decision that you have to make. And that decision is you say, you know what, Jesus? I accept what you say. I accept what you've done for me. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Because when you get to the throne of God, and you will, whether you believe in it or not, whether you believe in him or not, you will be held accountable for every action, every word at the throne of God. You will not be held accountable for Aaron Wood's life. You will not be held accountable for my life. You will not, I will not be held accountable for your life, but you will be held accountable for your own life. So you've got to make that decision yourself that I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior for my life. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. And if you're here this morning, you say, Aaron, that's me. I have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life, but I want to do that right here, right now. I want you to lift up your hand high right now to where I can see it. As a sign to me, thank you. I see that hand. You may put it down. I know there's others. Anybody else? Say, Aaron, that's me. Lift up your hand high to where I can see it. I have not done that. There's no shame in saying you've not done it. The shame would be to walk out of here with an opportunity to do it and not do it. That's where the shame comes in. Anybody else say, Aaron, that's me. I've never done that, but I want to do that for my life right here, right now. Lift up your hand high to where I can see it. Lift it up high. Maybe you're here 
Thank you, I said a hand, you may put it down. Maybe you're here, and maybe you were like me in high school. I prayed the prayer, I grew up around church, I grew up in a Christian home, but the honest reality was I wasn't living for God. I wasn't living for Him. I let other things come in the way. Maybe it's a bad relationship, maybe it's an addiction, maybe you just grown weary, whatever it is. Maybe you got offended, whatever it may be. There's a blockage between you and your relationship with God. And you know, when we were singing earlier about leaving us astounded and talking about answered prayer, you might have been sitting there thinking, man, I sure would like to get back to where I can get some answered prayer. Well, you got to get back in fellowship with the Lord. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But see, you got to take responsibility for your actions and you got to take responsibility for what you've done and say, Lord, I've messed up. I've gone away. You know, the book of James says, come near to God and he will come near to you. You say, God, I say, I feel far away from God. It's because you walked away from him, not because he's walked away from you. So all you got to do this morning is walk back to him. So if you're here this morning, say, Aaron, I prayed that prayer at one time, but I haven't been living for the Lord like I know I should. I need to get right with him tonight. If that's you, lift up your hand high to where I can see it. Say, Aaron, that's me. Thank you. I see that hand. You may put it down. Thank you. I see another hand. You may put it down. Anybody else say, Aaron, that's me. Aaron, that's me. Aaron, that's me. Listen, if you feel a tugging on your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He has nothing but good things in store for you. Anybody else say, Aaron, that's me. Aaron, that's me. Now, those that raise their hand, I want to do, I pray with you because I believe God's got big things in store for you. So if you raise your hand, here's what I would like for you to do. I'd like for you to grab whatever you have brought with you. I would like for you to stand up, step out into the aisle, and come down here and join me at the front because I want to pray with you. And you are surrounded by a group of people that are excited for you that are excited for you. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 Yes. God bless you, brother. You know, we don't do this to embarrass anybody. We do this because we love you. And Jesus said this, if you can't stand up for me in front of other people. He can't stand up for you at the throne of God. And we want God, we want Jesus to stand up for us. And if I could take these screens up here and if I could show you everything that God wants to do in your life, it would knock your socks off. You would think, no way. Me? Yes. Yes, you. Because God's got nothing but plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. For the sake of these two men that came this for this morning, let's all repeat this prayer after me. You appear, you appear and everybody out there say this. Say, Father God, I come before you. I give you my life. Come into my life. Transform me. Change me. Do what you need to do in my heart to change me. I admit that I've done my own thing that I've gone my own way. But today, Lord, I say yes to you. I say yes to your ways. And I say yes to your word. Father, I pray for these two men that are up here today. And I thank you, Father God, 
that they can sense your know, your presence is with them everywhere they go. That, Father God, that anything that Satan meant for evil is being turned around for good. I thank you, Father God, that anything that Satan has meant to attack them is going to be turned around and is going to become a stepping stone for a blessing in their life. Father, I thank you that they may understand and know how much you love him, love them and how much you have in store for them, and that as they live for you and as they walk with you, they will see your presence everywhere they go. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. We got something we want to give you. We got a book we want to give you from, written by pastor. It's a great book, to, Where to Start. Where to Start. Because the real battle is not today. The real battle is Monday through Friday. Amen. So if you'll go with Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service in just a few minutes. God bless you, brother. God bless you, too. Come on, you can do better than that. We need some enthusiasm. We need some excitement. You know, we, you know, these are big doings. These are big doings. This is why church is important. It's why being at church is important. And maybe you're watching online and you prayed that prayer when we prayed that prayer. Please contact us at fccarlington.com slash salvation. We want to hear from you because we know that all across the world, they're face, everybody's facing all kinds of different things. But if you've made that declaration in your own heart, if you've made that declaration wherever you are watching this stream or this video, please contact us. We want to know so we can pray for you, so we can lift you up. Because we are excited about what God has in store for you. Aren't we, Faith Christian Center? Aren't we excited for them? Amen. Praise God. And we're so glad you joined us. And we're so glad of what God's doing all across the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.